This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Take your Bibles to Matthew 28, 18. Holy Spirit, speak. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. How much authority belongs to Jesus? How much does that leave the enemy? Very good. We have some calculus majors here. If Jesus has all, the enemy has none. If all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth, it leads us to verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Turn your phones on silent, please teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Jesus Christ is the king. When the wise man came to honor Jesus, they came bringing, what did they bring to the manger? Let me hear it. Gold, what else? frankincense and what else myrrh gold speaking of the fact that he is the divine king he's not just the king he's the divine king Jesus has no beginning and no end and I want you to think of this for a moment not only does he rule you not only does he rule your family not only does he rule your street your neighborhood your county your city your state Not only is he the Lord of the nations, in Psalm chapter 2, the Father asks Jesus, I touched on this two weeks ago, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. This is part of his coronation. It's part of his kingship, that because of his death, burial, and resurrection, and his perfect obedience, Jesus gets the nations as an inheritance from the Father. So when you hear someone claim, Lord, you said I gotta ask of you and I get the nations. Oh, not really. No, you don't just ask for Malaysia and get it. (laughs) The only reason you have access is because you're in Christ and the nations are his inheritance. That is a conversation between the Father and the Son. You can't just ask for a nation and get it. Do you know what I mean by that? You don't just grab a nation because you're bored. It requires a little bit of testing, a little bit of trust. Let's just start with making your bed. I tell, I've, I've told our students that before. If you're believing for a house, make the bed in your apartment. You don't just grab China because you're bored one day and you heard a good message. So the nations are the inheritance of the king. Now the king doesn't just rule the nations. This king rules the universe. Oof. <laughs> the universe owns its existence to the king. The axis of the earth owes its existence to King Jesus. The distance. Anybody feel the Lord tonight? The distance between the sun and the earth 
that keeps us from freezing or frying. That distance owes its existence and consistency to the king. He is the king of glory. Immovable. And that's why Psalm chapter 2 says that the Lord looks at the power brokers of the earth. That's what the word actually means. The rulers, that means power brokers. People who think they're above it all. They're above governments. They think they're putting people in office. They don't realize they're a puppet in the hands of God. Above the law. Above it all. But there's a king above them all. And he rules them. Now Jesus' reaction to the mockery is that he mocks back and laughs. He laughs at them. He laughs at their feeble attempt. Every one of them is afraid to die. Yet Jesus has tasted death and dusted it off. Every one of them is afraid to die. The earth right now is being controlled by fear. Fear. It's being infused in every realm. Marketing, social media, entertainment, political policies. Fear is fueling it all, yet Jesus fears nothing. He fears nothing. Jesus has never feared. He doesn't even know what it's like. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm telling you, the scriptures tonight are going to like sear or singe your eyebrows. You're all going to leave without eyebrows tonight. <laughs> you get your little pencils out, color them in. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I, I <laughs> you need to get liberated tonight. Stop freaking out. Don't be like them. Don't be like that. Jesus said, don't be like the pagans. Don't be like the Gentiles. Lose the activity. Find the stillness that comes from this throne that's immovable and incredibly still. 1 Corinthians 15, listen. But now Christ is risen from the dead. Not bad. <laughs> and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one to, in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ's at his coming. So Jesus broke the grave open. When Jesus comes back, the graves will break open and they shall meet the Lord. He's the first fruits. Listen carefully. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father and he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. Listen, listen, listen. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. What enemy is he focusing on now? Listen carefully. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, him being Jesus, then the Son himself will also be subject to him, the Father, who put all things under him, the Son, that God may be all in all. Somehow, your feet are involved in this story too. 
Because Jesus is king, listen carefully, and all authority has been given to him, leaving the devil with zilch, he has given you authority, and under your feet will the devil himself be crushed, because the Lord's just that nice. Sharing his victory with you, involving you when you did nothing to deserve it. He's going to crush the devil and use your feet to do it. Oh. Ephesians 1, 15, 22. Turn there. 1, 15 through 22. If you're there, say yes. yes. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, this is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What a heart of a father. He's saying, I never stop praying for you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There's so much here I can unpack, but I'm going to stay, I'm going to just keep it moving. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ, listen carefully, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Listen up, listen up now. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be over all things, the church. Wow. Wow. You should shout louder because you have no idea what you just heard. Jesus has been exalted by his own Father. Jesus has been lifted high and enthroned above every throne. He is king. He now has the name above every name. And since he's king of the universe, you just need him to let, the be, let him be the king of your opinions. Because if he can handle a galaxy, he can handle your little fuse. He has been coronated by God Almighty. He is God Almighty. He has received the oil of the anointing. Once he ascended, let me give you a quick gospel lesson. Jesus died, went into the ground, and the Bible says something amazing. I feel the Lord. The Bible says, that's not what it says. <laughs> David did say that, but that's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says that the grave could not hold him. In fact, it goes even further and says it was not possible for the grave to hold him. It was an impossibility. The ground that Jesus created, the earth that he created, only holds the sinful. 
It can only shut up over those who have sinned. Because mere humanity returns to the dust that it was formed from. But this Jesus is not merely man, though he is all God and all man. When he yielded his life on the cross, he entrusted his father to rip him out of the ground. So the scripture says it wasn't possible that the grave hold him. And this is why. Because he destroyed it with his own perfection. His perfection. And that's why Peter said in the great address in Acts chapter 2, David is still in the tomb, brothers. We know that because his tomb's right there. And he's speaking to them about the scriptures and the Psalms saying you would not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Because death belongs, I should say eternal death, belongs to the sinner. But Jesus is life. Hold on. And light. And the grave is full of death. And it's dark. So the dark grave could not contain the light of life. Yeah. Now, between his death and his resurrection, the Lord Jesus went to work. This is 1 Peter chapter 3. Write that down. How do you say it in Spanish? There you go. First Peter 3 teaches us that Jesus went in to the underworld, so does Colossians, and destroyed the devil. Destroyed him, did not counsel him. Didn't sozo him. He destroyed him. It was not a wrestling match. He descended into the lowest parts of the earth. Ephesians teaches us. I'll go there in a minute. And in his own perfection, slipped down there as the perfect God-man. It was a big mistake for the grave to accept him. Big mistake. By accepting him, the grave signed up for its own destruction. You could say he came in uh, through the cover of humility. He just slipped on down there. They thought they were winning. It was a big mistake to accept the son of the virgin. See, because the Bible says, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit so strong. Whew. The Bible says, in sin has my mother conceived me. So Jesus' destruction of death is tied into the virgin birth, his perfect incarnation. Jesus wasn't conceived in sin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. They should have never accepted the son of the virgin. You see, the devil is smart, but he has no wisdom. Big difference. Wisdom is a person. That's why the scripture says, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> the Lord of glory. Can I read you a scripture just to mess with you? I'm going to read it to you, but I'm not going to give you the chapter and verse. Because I want you to go find it. It's a way of seeking the Lord. The first man 
was of the earth, Adam. Listen to this. Made of dust. But the second man, oh, is the Lord from heaven. I said the second man is the Lord from heaven. Psalm 24 says this. Listen carefully. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. You think this is talking about a worship song? Well, I could just get my breakthrough. The ancient doors would be lifted and I would dance. I've never danced before. Or maybe I could go from one hand being lifted to two if I could just get these gates to swing wide. It's not even close to what the scriptures are talking about. It's talking about the ancient gates of the underworld. And this is a prophetic declaration by the Holy Spirit through the psalmist speaking of Jesus' destruction over the grave and death. Do you realize that you have no reason to fear death? Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. (laughs) Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Jesus came to do war. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Can you picture? I'm not saying this happened. The Bible doesn't tell us it did. But let's just say it did. Can you picture David nudging Jeremiah? Dude, I think we wrote about this. (laughs) Here he comes. They shouldn't have accepted him through the grave. They made a big mistake. I think we wrote about this. I'm not sure we knew exactly what we were writing. I know we felt him when we were writing this and now I feel him now because he's descended. I think he's about to plunder and rip us out of the ground and take us up. If he's the first fruits, maybe we'll follow him out of the grave. Can you see Isaiah going, I think you're right, David. I think this, I don't know, maybe you're right. You say, I've never heard this. This is the gospel. This is the ancient gospel. Jesus has conquered Death. Completely. Hallelujah. Oh, my word. Oh. You want more? All right. No, I'm joking. Back to 1 Corinthians 15. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I hope this isn't boring you. I, don't, I said this in Ohio. I was teaching on this stuff. I just did a conference at Bethel Cleveland. Natasha was there. Danny Sook was there. Kim Walker was there. She's just got so much anointing on her. It's just beautiful. And I started preaching on this. And one girl to the left goes, oh, my God. And I could tell it just downloaded. She got it. And the reaction was, like she didn't even know what to do. And so she just slid down in her seat. And I said, that's what I'm looking for. Someone who's been short-circuited by the majesty of Jesus. Are you ready? Oh, oh. I'll back up a verse. I need to. I'm going to back up two now because the next I'm going three. Four. Five, one more. Here we go. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Isaiah 50, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, 
Guys, look up at me. Jesus is coming back. Listen, 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 listen. If your kingdom theology has pressed you out of awaiting the Lord's return, you need to hit rewind. You can have both. You can implement kingdom now through obedience and still have a loving heart filled with incense that looks forward to the coming of the one you're married to. Did you know there's an actual crown reserved for those who await the coming of the Lord? The Bible calls it the blessed hope. Look forward to it because it's going to happen. Hallelujah. For this, 53, verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, are you ready? Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, or oh, grave, where is your victory? The grave has been plundered. Plundered. Don't you remember Jesus walks in to raise that precious little girl? He takes Peter, James, and John in with them because the house is full of unbelief. They're all mourning, and Jesus said, don't worry, she's not dead, she is. See, Jesus looks at it much differently than we do. Jesus gets news that Lazarus died. He turns to his disciples and says, our friend Lazarus has fallen a... Paul said that you, many will sleep. sleep and then the scripture says here in the twinkling of an eye we shall be changed listen up because Jesus tasted the sting of death death has lost its sting (laughs) that should make you really happy Yeah, you know how a bee stings you and then it leaves a stinger in and they die? I don't know if they all do that, but some do. Have you ever seen that happen? It's not the best when it happens to you. <laughs> you kind of want it to die. It stings you. You're so mad. You're hurting. It falls to the ground. You're yes, the justice of the Lord. <laughs> die. In a way, that happened with the grave. Jesus tasted the full sting of death. God, listen carefully, God knows what it's like to close your eyes and trust that he is faithful beyond the grave. God knows the feeling. Jesus did not take a hammer and spikes and nail himself to the tree. He offered himself on the tree. He knows what it's like to yield his life to death and commit his spirit to the Father. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who wants me to throw a Pellegrino out of excitement? (laughs) The grave has been vanquished. Hell has been vanquished. Satan has been vanquished. The claws of the tomb have been destroyed. The son of the virgin, fully God, fully man, destroyed it all. It was not possible for the grave to hold him. It doesn't mean the grave didn't want to. It just wasn't possible. Should have never accepted him. But I'm glad it did. Hallelujah. 
Who's bored? Good. Ephesians 1. You know, I used to sit like this, listen to my father-in-law preach. He'd teach the word. People next to me would be like, I wonder when we can get to Shoney's. Y'all remember Shoney's, the buffet? I wonder when I get the fried shrimp. It's something to stick to my ribs between meetings so I can get through it. They were elsewhere. As a 12-year-old boy, I'd sit enamored. I could feel the word coming in, feeding me, giving me stature. I could feel the roots going in to the ground. I could feel the Lord expanding my tent pegs. My capacity was growing. I would sit there like a little kid, chewing it. You know, and, and I don't remember all the miracles. I remember a few. What I remember was the nearness of Jesus and the satisfying, strengthening nature of the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. There'll be many churches who won't be harassed or persecuted in the last days. And they'll still believe the Beatitudes. There are theologies out there. There are leaders out there. There are churches out there who, who, who don't believe that Jesus conquered the grave. But they believe the Beatitudes. We don't follow Jesus merely because of his teachings. We follow Jesus because he's God Almighty. Proven by his resurrection. Therefore, we love his teachings because to us, his teachings flow from his divinity. They're not just good life advice. Make no bones about it. You can, you can burn in hell and believe it's a good idea to love your enemy. You should love your enemy. But what makes the command so beautiful is that the one who spoke it has no beginning and no end. That will be the test in the last days. No, no, he's not just a good teacher. You can't call him a good teacher and not believe he's God because the good teacher said he's God. Am I a little intense tonight? All right. Ephesians 1, verse 15 through 22. Therefore I also... I'm sorry, I already read that. Ephesians 4, sorry. Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 10. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So God has gifted all of us. Grace comes. It's like a power to fuel the gift. Therefore, he says, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He took those who were captive and made them his own captives. Jesus loves moving with a parade. He's a faithful friend. So he took captivity captive, listen, and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended high above all the heavens that he might fill all things with himself. After Jesus was raised, he ascended on high. After the grave was plundered, he ascended to the glory that he shared with his father before the worlds began. He prayed that in the Gospel of John. Let me return to the glory that we shared before the worlds began. Jesus ascended in honor. 
Are you ready to get blasted? Jesus ascended in honor and received the seat at the Father's right hand. So when Joseph, my father-in-law touched on this at school. He's absolutely right. When Joseph received the seat of honor at the right hand of Pharaoh, it wasn't about food storing. It was a prophetic picture of the Messiah who would one day ascend to the right hand of the Father and rule all things. Oh. Colossians 2, 8. If you're enjoying this, say amen. Okay, good. You're being armed. Colossians 2, 8 through 10. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Preachers don't give TED Talks. They raise the dead. That's what they do. They don't, we're not, no, 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 we're not. I told y'all before, don't let this mic fool you. Uh, this, I'm not a group fitness instructor. This, this is not what this is. I'm not here to get, make sure you have a better day. I want you to fall in love with Jesus and I want him to become your day. I want the day star to be your day. I want him to arise within you. You start seeing him so exalted, you will not be intimidated by a tumor. The word exaltation means he's been lifted, not just sung to. When we sing, I exalt thee, (laughs) what we're saying is I'm lifting you above it all. I'm lifting you above the politics. I'm lifting you above the fear of a virus. I'm lifting you above it all. You are the king. Where you reign, where your throne is, Everything's all right. The noise is down here. All the noise is down here. The gossip is down here. The hatred is down here. The backbiting, bearing false witness, it's all down here. But Jesus is way up here. He's very secure. He's not moved. He's ruling and reigning. There is a sea, listen, A sea of glass in front of him. Do you know anyone with one of those? In the glass, fire is mingled. I mean, you have wood floors. You're excited about it. And me too. I want them too. But I'm just saying. I don't know anyone who has a glass sea in front of their couch with fire shooting out of it. And a rainbow around their throne in a perfect circle, speaking of the Lord's loving covenant that he will never destroy the earth again. With water. (laughs) You're like, yeah, with water. He's got a little fire up his sleeve. You're like, yes! No, no, he's going to do it, just not with water. Beware lest anyone cheats you through philosophy. An empty deceit. According, where does this empty deceit and philosophy come from? The tradition of men. How is it that universities that began as seminaries have now become the greatest opponents of the gospel in America? It's when I hand down my ideas to you and the standard shifts an inch, and then I hand it down to the next generation. It shifts two, and four or five generations down the road, you have theologians who don't even believe the Bible is the word of God. That's how that happens. It's called the empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. The Jesus people don't live according to the principles of the world. They're different. You slap them, they turn the other cheek. You rob them, they give you more. You put a load on them, they carry more. They go the extra mile. 
You speak badly about them, they put their head down and keep on going. And when you're not looking, they're blessing you to the Lord. Maybe they even write you a check. They're, they're not governed by that. They know how to throw coals upon your head by blessing you. They don't fear what the world fears. They don't see things the way the world sees it. They're different. They are different. When they are in need, they give what they have away. It makes no sense because they're part of a different kingdom. They see expenses as investments. They see songs as prayers. I've been blown away by typical common church growth perspective. I love, oh, I love the entire church. Trust me. I, I love to get out of this. Uh, I, I love you, but I love to get into environments that I'm not used to and see all God is doing because God is doing way more. I'm grateful for what he's doing here, but he's doing a lot around the world. It's not... I mean, come on, right? We don't, nobody here, I hear some people like, well, big church is bad, you need to meet in small meetings. Well, then my parents have been leading a house group for, for decades, and they'd be the first one to tell you, man, we've had some swirly people up in this house. I don't, I mean, so small church is better than big church. And you met some weird people in big church. I met some great people in big church and some great people in small church. It's not about the mode or the model or the wine skin. If there's wine there, it's a good thing. I don't mean real wine. That wine, you guys are like, yeah, no. <laughs> Stay scriptural, okay? But I'm blown away at, at the methods that we use to keep you in the room. One of those is long worship sets. Evidently, it's supposed to run you off. But you guys come here from around the world before the borders were shut down. You guys were coming eight to 12 nations every Sunday night and we sing sometimes for two hours. The, the thought process is a long worship set turns off the sinner. Okay, explain that to me. How's that? Why would God's presence turn off the sinner? I don't understand. I don't, I don't get that. Long meetings push people away. But Paul preached for so long that a kid fell asleep and fell out of a window. And Paul had to go raise him from the dead. Where did these things come from? The philosophies of men. That's how you get there. So you make, the, the, you make man's desires Lord. You slowly start bowing your knee. You no longer work for God. You start working for opinions. Give me... A few more minutes. Nobody moving unless it's an emergency, please. According to the basic principles of the world, look back down to the scriptures, and not, not according to Christ. So Paul's saying here, beware, don't get cheated by philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men and the basic principles of the world. Not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Listen. Who is the head of all principality and power? Yeah, come on. Every principality and power. Jesus is above them. I said this at Jesus 19. Eric started weeping when he heard it. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't even see the pages. I was crying so hard because this thing hit me. There is one who is fully God and fully man way up there. 
I don't know how high. But the moment you get above the highest height, wherever that is, wherever the highest heaven ends, wherever the last throne, the last prince, the last power, the last angel, listen, there's someone up there, fully God and fully man. There's a man up there. Colossians 1, 15, 18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, listen, 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 visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, principalities, or powers, that's everything. All things were created through him. And this one gets me, because he's just got it like this. Listen. And for him. He created it all, and you know why? Because he wanted to. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. He made them all. He made them for him. He's before them, and they live in him. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Oh, you should have said amen there. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. I'm going to say it again. That in all things he might have preeminence. Preeminence in your church. Preeminence in your mind. Preeminence in your thoughts. Preeminence in your opinions. Preeminence, look, I don't, it doesn't matter what we think. If what we think contradicts the scriptures, we are wrong. Case closed. Preeminence in our relationships. Preeminence in your parenting. Preeminence in your marriage. Preeminence in your finances. Preeminence when you open the word. In all things, Jesus has preeminence and the devil knows it and he doesn't want you to. Jesus is preeminent. Do you know why? Because Jesus is king. Oh. Philippians 2, I'm, I'm closing. Stay with me though. The best ones for last. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, of no reputation, of no reputation, I said. Church is not about us. Preaching is not about us. Ministry is not about us. Platforms aren't made so that you can get your gift out there. Churches don't exist to make room for a gift. Your gift's supposed to make room for you. Of no reputation. Taking the form of a bond servant. Paul's saying, let this be in you. Let, I want you to think this way. And coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Trust me, you want to humble you. You don't want God to do it for you. 
and became obedient to the point of death. Even, he didn't just die, he died the worst of deaths. Even the death of the cross. Therefore, whenever you read a therefore, this is what you're going to ask yourself. What's it there for? <laughs> Quick Bible tip. Every time you see a therefore, go, what's it there for? It's pointing back to what you just read. Therefore, because of everything you just read, because of his humble death, even the death of the cross, and the fact that he became a bondservant and lived a lowly life, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him, him, Jesus, the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that's the devil, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus has the name above every name. And it didn't just fall on his lap. He earned it through his lowliness. He earned it through death, even the death of the cross, and destroying the underworld, raised and glorified, lifted and exalted. Now check this out. Help me, Joel. Yeah, you're on it. Woo! You're on it. That's part one. Listen up. John writes in his gospel, oh, something else. Change the key. Yep. Thanks, buddy. I'm weird. All right. That's it. John writes in his gospel, listen. John writes that the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Think of that. So he instantly connects Pentecost to Jesus' glorification. He's connecting the two. The outpouring of the Spirit and Jesus' exaltation. He's saying the reason the Holy Spirit hasn't come is because Jesus is still here on earth. He is not at the right hand of the Father. Then Jesus tells the disciples, it's best that I go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit cannot be given to you. Now, how many of you remember? If I give you the psalm number, you'll all know it. But how many of you remember this psalm? It speaks of unity. It speaks of oil dripping down someone's beard. Who was that? Aaron's beard. How blessed, how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity, right? It's like the oil that drips down Aaron's beard. And then where does it eventually end up? It goes down his body, even into the what? Hem, hem of his garment. Keep that picture in your soul. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit has been given because I have not yet been glorified. I need to go away. I'm going to go away. Once I make it to my destination, you'll know. And this is how you'll know. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Jesus goes up, he is coronated as king of the church, king of the earth, king of heaven, king of the universe, king of kings, lord of lords. The father puts everything under his control forever and the father is glorified in that and he is coronated as king. And upon every coronation, the Holy Spirit, if you look at the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit in the form of oil is present. Imagine Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Imagine the Father in all of heaven during this great celebration. And that wonderful oil, the oil of the king and his kingdom, begins to drip down figuratively down our king, who is the head 
head of the church. We are his body, wearing robes of righteousness. And as that oil just began to descend, 10 days they waited on the Lord, 10 days, 10 days straight. He ascended on the 40th, Pentecost happened on the 50th day. 10 day gap, they waited on the Lord in unity. How beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. All of the sudden, the Holy Spirit fell upon their heads as tongues of fire. And that was Jesus' way of going, hey boys, I made it. I made it. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, just like I said I would be. Do you realize not a single star can move unless Jesus wills it? Do you realize not a single gust of wind on the earth can pick up unless Jesus sustains it with his speaking? He holds all things together by his word, Colossians says. Do you realize not a single sparrow falls to the ground unless he allows it? Jesus is king. (laughs) He is king of every spirit that torments you and you think is so strong. Those spirits just don't want you to know that Jesus is alive and that he wears a diadem that cannot be taken. He's crowned with many crowns. Crown him with many crowns. The lamb upon the throne. Isn't that what the scripture says? Crown him with many crowns. Lift your hands to heaven. Tonight, you're asked this question. Who is this king to you? Who is this king to you? I want everyone to stand, please. Jesus wants to be your king, not your friend. He'll be a friend, but he becomes a close friend in the lives of those who allow them to be be their king. If you want to give him all tonight, you want to lay your life down at his feet, I just want your hands to go up. You say, "I I need Jesus to be my king. I have not given him my life fully, and I want him to be my king. There's, I, I must give him my all. I want you to come forward, and as you come forward, I want you to make space. Come on, come forward. You come, come to Jesus, the king of glory. He'll be the king of your life. He'll rule and reign. Hallelujah. Come, come and just make sure to help me, ushers. Yeah, beautiful. Praise God. Praise God. Come, come to King Jesus tonight. Come to King Jesus tonight. Thank you, Lord. Ryan, let's move her in the middle, please. Yeah. There's more. There's more coming. We can, Ryan, not all of them. Spread them out a bit. Let's just spread out a bit. Thank you. Yep, right there. You're great. Thank you. There's more of you. Come give your life to the king. He is worthy of your life. He is worthy of your life. Listen, listen. Your eternity can be secure. The grave doesn't have to be your home because he conquered it. You can face eternity with clarity. You can face eternity with faith. 
You can face eternity with joy as you give your hands to the king who's conquered. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to begin praying. I want everyone who came forward, just look me in the eye, please. Look me in the eye. Jesus loves you. He loves you. Today, you're just going to hand your life over to him. You're going to repent of your sin. You're going to put all your trust in the cross of Christ. Jesus, Jesus' sacrifice, the blood of Jesus to redeem you, to restore you, to clean you. And forever, that blood will cry out on your behalf a better word. It will not declare judgment. It will declare mercy forever. And Jesus will come and live inside of you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. For those of you who've come forward, everything changes now. Everything changes. You're going to bring your sin to Jesus and offer it to him. You're going to turn from it. This is called repentance. And put your entire trust in the Lord himself. You're going to put all your trust in him. Realizing you can't clean you tonight, and he's not asking you to ever try that again. Putting all your trust in the Lord. Now, tomorrow, and for eternity. Are you ready? It's a, it's a beautiful transaction. Let's pray. If you've come forward, would you, look, would you just look me in the eye for a moment? And I want you to talk to the Lord. In a moment, you're going to close your eyes. I want everyone who's out there to stretch your hands towards them. This is precious and holy. Let's pray. Father, come on out loud. Father, come on out loud. Father, tonight I come. I give you my life. I give my all to you. I am no longer the king of my life. You are my king. You are the Lord. You are God Almighty. Jesus, tonight, I repent of my sin. I turn from it. And I turn to you. And you alone. I place my eternity in your hands. I trust in nothing but your sacrifice on the cross and your shed blood. Wash me clean tonight. Make me whiter than snow. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you are buried and raised again because you are the Son of God. You are God Almighty. And I believe you're coming back again to rule and reign you are the king of kings and the lord of lords so tonight Jesus this is my favorite part I give my life to you fully take it as I am and I receive you in Jesus name Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you've come forward tonight, everything has changed. You're brand new. John and Jenna, or John's right here. John, raise your hand. I usually do the altar call early, but I felt to preach on King Jesus first and give an invitation. At the outside the door, there's a new believer's booth. Listen, please look at me. This is not church, sneaky church. We're not trying to get your name so that we can mark it to you. We actually want you to live a victorious Christian life. And there's some things you need to do to make that happen. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Find a people. Commit your heart to Jesus with a people. That's called church. Get water baptized, okay? Ask, ask Jesus himself to clothe you in his power. That's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we just want to walk with you on this journey. It would be our honor and our joy. 
My heart is that you'll never know another day away from Jesus. There's nobody like him. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise one more time? So John, keep your hand up. Outside, outside the door, you'll find the new believers table. You're going to find John and Jenna there. They will help you. Amen. Amen. So can you just go back to your seats right now? And then I'm going to pray a blessing over the entire group. How many of you are grateful for the Lord? Can we give him praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, lift your hands to heaven. Now, Father, I ask in Jesus' name for your glory. Come on, receive it. For your glory, for your goodness to rest on them. Let the oil of the king, the dripping oil of the king that flows from Aaron's beard flow on your people. We pray for our nation. We pray for our nation. Let right, come on, agree with me here. Let righteousness rule. Let righteousness reign. Bring peace to our country. Let the gospel flood the streets. Let the goodness of the Lord be declared. Change the narrative in America, Lord Jesus. We lift up our leaders. We lift up, we lift up pastors. We lift up families in this coming week. Let your peace and glory prevail. Shine your light on your church in the midst of darkness. Make the church magnetic. Make these people right here in this room magnetic because of the joy, the peace, the stillness. I pray that the broken and the stressed would flood their lives and that this group right here would shine, shine the light of Jesus. Father, we ask for a genuine Jesus movement to flood America. We ask, Lord, for America to turn to Jesus to turn to Jesus. Let a mass wave of salvation hit every leader, the politicians, pastors who've fallen away. Let your spirit fill the houses of God again. Let your spirit, Lord, fill homes and marriages again. In Jesus' name. Let, let, I pray, Lord, that this week you would, you would show your glory and remove fear. Remove fear. Let Orlando shine as the city beautiful. Let it shine like the city set on a hill. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.